you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, I welcome actor, filmmaker, playwright, and now novelist, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim is one of the great character actors out there, uh, just period. Uh, I think, like a lot of people, I first became aware of him uh, when he was in the Coen Brothers film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, uh, back in 2000. Tim's novel is called City of Blows, and it just came out on Unnamed Press, it didn't click with me that Tim was the, the writer of this incredible book until I saw his picture on the book cover. And then when I read the synopsis, I knew this was definitely going to be my kind of book. Uh, I, I fell in love with it. It's, it's amazing. Um, basically, as it says on the unnamed press website, the book um, is, quote, a sprawling character-driven depiction of the modern film industry. Uh, it's a, it's a, like I said, beautifully written. The character development is incredible. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's on the longer end, about 450 pages. But this kind of like a Bruce Wagner book was the kind of book that I didn't want it to end. It was, it was just that good. So uh, pick up a copy of City of Blows. I think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. You can purchase signed copies over at Unnamed Press's website. I'll have links for that. Tim is also um, doing some some events this week where he'll be signing books and doing readings and in um, conversation with different people, uh, including one uh, with Book Soup. Uh, that one will be over by the time this episode airs, but uh, there's one in Tulsa and then one in New York City at the Strand. I'll have links for that. But yeah, this was a really... Um, really a treat for me to have Tim on the show. It was... It was um, I, you know, I'm a fan of his, but then now I'm, I'm an even bigger fan after reading the book. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to it and talk to Tim Blake Nelson on the Salt Lake Dirt podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tim. This is like this is like a real thrill for me to be able to uh, get you on. I, I absolutely love the book. I was just talking to. Um, Sophie, right before that, I was staying up way too late <laughs> reading it because I wanted to finish it. Uh, so I guess I should say to our audience, we're here with Tim Blake Nelson, in case you didn't know, and we're talking about his new book, City of Blows, which comes out February 7th. Um, we're recording this the day before, so uh, we're at Publication Week. Tim, thank you so much for, for being here. It's my pleasure. Really glad you've taken an interest. Absolutely. And so I, um, I always try to keep up with uh, what Book Soup has kind of what they're promoting. And um, I'm a huge Bruce Wagner fan. So, you know, I, I really love the stuff that they kind of get behind. And so I didn't even put it together that it was you who I've seen in, you know, countless movies. Uh, I just noticed the cover City of Blows and I read the synopsis and it sounded interesting. And then I quickly figured out that you wrote it. And I was like, I have to read this. So, um, I first off, I love the book, and I, I did want to ask. Um, it's a pretty expansive book, uh, you know, over four hundred pages, deep backstories, fascinating characters. I am just really curious about the genesis of the book. Uh, where did the idea come from? 
Um, and, and then how did you start writing it? When did this all begin? I guess I've been collecting a lot of experiences and characters over the years uh, after several decades in in Hollywood, Los Angeles, New York, the film business, theater, uh, but particularly in Los Angeles. And I've always wanted to be able to find an outlet to fictionalize that world by way of of depicting the truth of it, which is my way of saying that all the characters are fictional. Nobody's nobody is directly based on anybody. It's it's everybody's an amalgam of different characters. It's a people I've met. It's sort of a stew in that regard. And I I think I had to wait in a certain sense until I was in my mid 50s to be able to have the guts to try and write a novel. And at the same time, I had a play that was about to be produced in New York, and I had three screenplays that I'd written and was in various stages of development with. And um, and I didn't want to write another scripted narrative. So I, I determined that this was the time and I was going to give it a try. Again, with no um, expectation, I would necessarily come up with something creditable. I just wanted to try and write a novel, and it began to crystallize into something that I felt others might want to read. Yeah, and and like I said, it 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 just weaves so seamlessly, which like clearly shows a lot of work um, went into it. Um, how long did it take you to write write the book itself? Like let's say the first draft. I'd say the first draft was about a year and a half. It's a long book. It was a lot longer. I cut it down. I think it's 450 pages. It was probably closer to 600 at one point. And then I spent a lot of time, you know, after that first draft, uh, editing it, which is a a really interesting, fun process. Painful at times because there's a lot of stuff that I, I remove that's just sitting on my computer that I really love, but I didn't, I didn't ultimately think that readers would have the patience for mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well i'm i'm down i would read <laughs> i would read a 600 page version <laughs> of the uh-huh. book yeah. uh, so you, you've written um you know you've you're a writer you're you're an actor you've you've written plays screenplays uh what would you say were some of the challenges when you like were in the thick of writing the novel um different than what you were uh, used to working on other projects? Uh, probably the, as, as you would imagine, the prose element. Even in my screenplays, however, just because I, I'm such an admirer of the Cohen brothers who were really good friends of mine and I read their screenplays even when I'm not in, in the movies, um, I've always appreciated that they care about their prose. And Ethan is a is a prose writer himself. He writes some incredible short stories. He has a book called Gates of Eden. It's great. Um, and so, uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to write the book well. Uh, and I'm, you know, I really I grew up venerating novelists. Mm. Um, and I've, I've, I've always been reading a novel since I was about the age of 10. And I don't read fluff. 
I never read trashy books. I always <laughs> read literature, whether it's Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or Jonathan Franzen or Jeffrey Eugenides or Michael Chabon or Nicole Krauss. You know, I'm always um, reading uh, literature. And um, I didn't want to sully the field with uh, hack prose, <laughs> um, although some may say that I didn't succeed. <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to write well mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in, in a certain tradition. And that was probably what was most difficult. And when I could write pages of dialogue, and there's a lot of dialogue in the novel, um, that was easier because it was, you know, I'm much more familiar with that and I could really delight in it. Yeah. And that's, I, I got to mention, that was one thing. I, there's a bunch of things I really liked about it, but that was the dialogue really stood out to me and was just so enjoyable. And um, I don't find many authors that where there, if say there's a longer passage of someone um, speaking and sometimes it, it can like go on and you don't know what's, you know, but it felt, like the longer passages of dialogue in this were just so beautiful and enjoyable. Um, and it just was pulled off like beautifully. Uh, and you, d- you just wanted more. I was just, you know, the characters were so rich and in, in just in how they spoke. And then um, I'm thinking about one of the main characters, Brad, uh, when we're kind of getting his backstory as a kid, he's a big coin collector um, and, and just kind of, uh, you know, how he, I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, kind of swindles his friends at times or, you know, is a little uh, creative in how he uh, displays his uh, collection. Uh, <laughs> so I think, but what's so amazing about it is that you see, um, you know, elements of the adult Brad in that child. Um, and I just, it, it just was so cool. I mean, I don't know if there's really a question at, right there, but I, that's just one example. Like, you know, the other ones, there's all the backstories uh, of when they were younger and, you know, it's, it all kind of makes sense of how, you know, they were once this uh, young person. And then, you know, you know, it stayed with them who they were and the things that they are interested in. So uh, props on that. And I'm now I'm kind of curious. I was never into coins as a kid and this kind of uh, sparked my interest. I think one thing I love about a good book that, where the writer shows an expertise in a, in a certain subject. It's really fun as the reader to read about that. And like clearly this person either, you know, they know from their own personal experience or they've done a ton of research. Uh, So I guess I'm kind of curious about the coins. Is that something you were interested in coin collecting when you were young? I was, but not with the depth and acuity that Brad (laughs) Schlansky developed. So I did do a lot of research, but the key swindle that he um, (laughs) deploys. I didn't do that, but I did do what he does to make my own coins more valuable. And I just don't want to spoil what it is he does. Mm -hmm. And then was told not to do that um, (laughs) by a more knowledgeable uh, collector that I was actually reducing the value of the coins um, in a way that was discernible. Uh, And um, but yeah, I I did a lot of, of of research into the coin collecting, and I have to say, um, the internet it's 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 absolutely remarkable what it offers a writer. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. normally everything I did on on you know to research this book because I didn't know anything about the five towns, which is where he grows up on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about Chicago really, where the first uh, chapter of the novel takes place. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff. There's a section that takes place in Mississippi, and I had really to research that town. Uh, and the environs around it. And you you can just do it sitting at your desk and save hours and hours and hours of time that that writers in the middle of the last century um, had to spend traveling to and from the library, sitting in the library and kissing a lot of frogs, uh, you know, they found in the stacks. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I was incredibly grateful for the internet as a resource. I don't know why I'm talking about that. I guess it's, I guess I, you know, I really want to come clean about how <laughs> much easier it is now to do research than it was when I was in high school and had to write a research paper. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to a writer recently, and um, well, it was probably at least a year back, but he he, he had written pretty fairly extensively in one chunk of his book about like a town that that I had been to and he told me he'd never actually been there and he was using Google Earth to kind of go through the streets like he was on a walking tour there you go and he could have fooled me like I had been there and he had it and he was the one writing about it and he did a great job so yeah that's but great. then you have somebody like Will Chancellor um the New York writer uh um who's going to be doing the event with me in, on Friday at the mm-hmm. Strand in New York uh, next Friday. Uh, and he doesn't buy into that. He goes to the place. He's yeah. writing a novel that involves Iceland. And he, he, you know, he practically moved there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, Cause whatever works for the certain yeah. writer. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I feel like I've like, you're just such a familiar <laughs> presence to me because I've I've seen you in so many things over the years, um, and just looking over your filmography, you know, just every year there's there's something or multiple things coming out. So when you do work on your own personal projects, and so let's talk, I guess, specifically about City of Blows. Uh, how do you manage the time? Are you are you just are you working on the novel or the play when you are in between? Um, yeah. At this point, it's only when I'm in between. Uh, I used to write while I was working. I called it double dipping (laughs) um, because I'd be paid to work as an actor and then I could write a screenplay while I was working on the show. Um, But I I found that it was um, it was inhibiting my ability to go into characters in a deeper way. If I was leaving set and going back to my trailer and opening up a screenplay file and working on my next movie as a director, writer, director, the the part I was playing lost a great deal. Mm. And so I stopped doing that about, I think about eight years ago, I, I was writing a draft of a screenplay on a movie while I was working on a film in Utah. Hmm. And then I saw the movie and I hated my performance. And uh, I felt that I had really 
failed the the writer director of that movie and so i just vowed i'm not gonna do that anymore mm -hmm. uh so really i write in between um and uh i don't take my computer to to the set i don't take my phone out of my trailer I, you know it just acting takes more concentration than being able to to sit on set when you know between setups and write a screenplay yeah, I, I recently re-listened just a few days over the weekend, actually, um, the the episode that you did with Mark Marin a few years back, mm. and and that was just such a for me who has no, um, you know, I've, I've never done any acting in when I was in high school or anything, so I, I was just such a going back to like learning something that people are passionate about, whether it's coins or acting, it was just such a cool um, conversation and just so accessible to me and um you know i i learned a lot about i listened to it when it came out but i'd forgotten a lot and um you know just your your background and how you became interested in acting pretty young and then you went to juilliard and all that that was just so so interesting and just the techniques uh that you talked about on that specific episode um just a really i encourage people to check it out who haven't who haven't heard that oh i'm I'm glad. And funnily enough, I just did another one with Mark about four hours ago. <laughs> so I did a second uh, podcast this morning. He's amazing. And this yeah. is, um, I'm obsessed with his, these coffee. Oh, you got the cat, you got the, you got the mug. Yeah. I have one. Yeah. I have something. I have one of the cat mugs upstairs. <laughs> so this is the new one. That's and, wonderful. Uh, since this is radio, I'll describe it. It's sort of, <laughs> Mark is from Albuquerque and this is a very, uh southwestern uh looking mug and that the mugs each edition has uh his cats on them mm -hmm. uh and this one uh is oversized and it has a cat named buster and uh a cat named savoy savoy i think uh it's <laughs> i just got it this morning that's great and i love a, it wow. <laughs> Pow, the cot, yeah, the coffee thing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited to hear that one. That's very cool. Uh, yeah, I, uh, huge fan of his, and just the way he gets people to get comfortable and open up is just admirable. I, I admire him a, a great deal. Um, I, I, so you, you mentioned like you started reading as pretty young, like maybe 10 or so years old. You've, you mentioned some of the authors. Is there anything you've read? recently that you've had the time to um, really dig into and that you really enjoyed that you could recommend to me? Well, because I only read really high-end stuff, I can just go, I can go back book by book and every one of them I would want to recommend. Mm -hmm. um, so the last book I completed uh, was Galatea 2.2 by Richard Powers. And he wrote the overstory. Right. Yes. Um, and I'm a big fan of his uh, and, and, and read everything before the overstory, but I hadn't read this. Another novel of his I love is called Gain. Um, the overstory, I think, is one of the great works of fiction in the last 20 years. I've the Echo Maker. Um, mm -hmm. I love that book. It almost killed a book club I was in because it was me and one other person who stood by that book and <laughs> everyone else couldn't get through it. And I was like, what is wrong with you? This is, this guy's like incredible. And, um, yeah, he's, he's an amazing writer. So, so Galatea 2.2, you can't believe it was written in 1995 for how prescient it is about mm. the, 
the about artificial intelligence and about the internet. It, it's it's jaw dropping, and as usual, his prose is extraordinary. And talk about a guy who takes deep dives into research. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the um, his understanding. Uh, and the way he's able to adduce it to, for, for the novel of artificial intelligence and the way computers work and algorithms work uh, is breathtaking. So that was great. Um, before that, I read this book by Richard uh, uh, by uh, Jeffrey Dyer, which is a book on jazz called But Beautiful. Mm. Jeffrey Dyer is a very odd writer. He he wrote a um, his recent book is Last Days of Roger Federer, uh, but this book, which he I think came out in '92, it's a mm-hmm. bit difficult to get a hold of. But you can I don't think it's in print anymore. Uh, it's a portrait of about eight to ten jazz artists uh, from the '40s, '50s, '60s, but it's it's so you have Thelonious Monk, Lester Young, um, Duke Ellington, uh, Charles Mingus, Bud Powell, and there are these portraits of and, and some others, obviously. Um, and there there are these there are these exquisitely gentle, heartbreaking, um, but also quite truthful portraits of of these artists. Uh, mostly later in life, um, and 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 he's a great prose stylist, uh, Richard Powers. Um, what else? Uh, Hurricane season, Mexican novel. It's incredible. Um, a novel called In the Distance. You know that one? I don't know. Oh, also, the Joshua Cohen book, The Netanyahu's. That is just not to be missed. Great. I'm, I'm anyway, I can just keep going. <laughs> That'll keep me busy. Yeah. Um, but the so the one that's out of pr- probably out of print is but beautiful. Is that what? It, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds great. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely check those out. Yeah. Um, anybody who loves jazz should read this book. And I've read a lot of books on jazz. Uh, everything from Ben Ratliff's book on Coltrane, which is really good, to Charles Mingus's autobiography, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, and, but this is the best one I've ever read. I'll check it out. Thank you. Uh, one thing I'm reading right now is uh, Sam Wasson. Well, he co he co um, edited the Hollywood Oral. I'm uh, reading that. Are too. you really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's. I've read his other stuff, and so this is just kind of basing. Yeah, basing. Yeah, Basinger. And uh, this is one I keep mentioning to people. It's going to probably take me a while to get through it, but uh, it's been. It's been an education. It's been fascinating. Yeah, it 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 um the 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 depiction of the silent film era is was uh, a huge lesson for me. Yeah. Funnily enough, I ended up seeing the Damon Chazelle movie Babylon, and so much of it is depicted in in his movie in Damien Chazelle's way. It's a mm-hmm. very particular movie, Babylon, but a lot of the source material feels like it. Oh, cool. I haven't had the chance to see that yet. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Are there, um, I don't know if I read it somewhere in, in one of the recent write-ups or, or something, but um, I know this probably applies to a lot of people, but uh, you know, 
the book Day of the Locust, one of my favorite books and kind of um, in my 20s, that's what kind of got me into like reading as much as I could mm -hmm. about, um, you know, Los Angeles, Hollywood, you know, just kind of a fascinating, I don't live there. Uh, but just a fascination about it. Um, was that you that was a, a fan of that book as well? I absolutely was. Yeah. And am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, I guess you study that in a lot of people study that in high school because of the surrealism. Mm -hmm. um, and it really is perfect in that regard because everything can't seem possibly to be real, but it is. Uh, and the way that he melds what can appear to be fantastical mm -hmm. um, with what probably and possibly is strangely true is, is exquisite. Um, I, my agenda in City of Blows is kind of quite the opposite. Um, and that's lucky for me because who's ever going to write <laughs> like Day of the Locust? Uh, another really good Hollywood novel is Ask the Dust. I don't know if you've read I that. I haven't read that. No, I'll check that out. Uh, kind of, kind of back to uh, City of Blows again, and and just as far as uh, like I mentioned, I love I love the characters uh, that kind of carry us through uh, the whole thing. Uh, the depth that they have. And, you know, I was just up at Sundance covering some films up there. And, you know, I, I, so I live in Salt Lake and I've gone up to Sundance off and on for, since I was 20. So about 20 years now. And you, you, you know, you meet people for me, I just get a little, a little snippet of it because I'm not, I'm not in that world, but I get little snippets of it and I just meet, you know, for better or for worse, some very unique people, people mm -hmm. I've become friends with, uh, people very different from, you know, the situation I grew up in. So I'm, but I'm always very curious because they just get a very quick snapshot of them in a conversation, just their backstory and kind of where, how they got to where they got. And I think that's what I love so much about this book, just to kind of reiterate that, just that you do give such a, you know, well laid out, um, snapshot of their you know childhood or young adulthood um and i you know i guess i don't i'm not asking were the were these based on specific people but um may, maybe like events you were did you were you kind of like taking notes you said throughout the years just having maybe an idea of maybe a novel at some point down the road that dealt with no not really i i have a good memory mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was more just, I, you know, I've, I've been in situations that are unforgettable <laughs> and, and so I just culled from those. And then also some of its stories that I heard from others that happened, um, you know, particularly a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, what I'll call the, um, sexual assault parts mm -hmm. of the book. Uh, we're not, that's not stuff I either perpetrated or experienced as a victim. Um, so I really depended on stories from other people to, mm -hmm. to, to depict that section of the book. Yeah. Um, and then just the way everyone's life kind of intersects, you know, like it, they all, they all cross paths and work on this, um, you know, the, 
there's this book Cole that um, is being made into uh, a movie or trying to get made into a movie. The book itself, you know, just reading about it, it for me sometimes I get frustrated when I when I'm reading something, reading fiction, and it's talking about movies or books that don't really exist, but I want them to exist because I get uh-huh. so into it. So that's kind of how I felt with that. So some, so the fiction within the fiction, uh, maybe you could speak to that a bit with, you know, we don't need to give any spoilers here, but just um, were these ideas uh, like that you'd had before writing the novel, maybe like other projects that you had on the shelf that came out or was this all new material that you well the, the plot for Cole is is from several different novels that actually exist. Uh and I don't want to say because then it'll sure. you know, spoil it. But uh um and 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 the the reason I de- chose a book that's gonna be difficult to get made because it's controversial. Uh is because I've been down that road with difficult material and and it 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 the the there's a frisson to that that makes it exciting to work on but the frustrations are just tremendous because you want to try to persuade people of something's value and they're saying no for all the wrong reasons or because they don't, you know, perhaps don't understand it. I remember I was working on something that I was going to write and direct for Sean Penn and his producer. Um, Sean wasn't going to be in it, but they they wanted me to, to write and direct this um, Cormac McCarthy novel. Mm-hmm. But I had, ended up actually doing uh, as an actor um, with Jan- James Franco directing it. Uh, called oh, yeah. Child of God, mm-hmm. and Child of God is about a a necrophiliac, mm-hmm. and so I flew up. I was coming home from Thin Red Line, working on Thin Red Line, which is where I met Sean, and he lived in San Francisco. So I stopped in San Francisco and met with Sean and his um, producing partner, and then the producing partner and I came down to to Los Angeles to where Sean had. Uh, an overhead deal with this producer. And it was a wonderful producer. I mean, the guy really was, you know, one of the greats, I'm not going to name him. Um, But obviously somebody had done coverage in his office and had described the plot of this Cormac McCarthy, one of our great writers, Mm -hmm. winner, you know, he was a MacArthur fellow at the time. Um, By that time he'd written blood Meridian already. And, um, uh, although he wrote Child of God before Blood Meridian. Um, and so we're meeting with this guy, and it's been pitched to him that Sean wants to produce this movie and that I would write and direct it uh, based on Child of God, the Cormac McCarthy novel about the necrophiliac. He'd read coverage. He hadn't read the book. It was clear. And he slammed his fist down on the table. And said, I'm not going to put a nickel into this book. I'm not going to give you a nickel. Because, and this was when um, Clinton was president. He says, we've made a promise to Washington and to the vice president and his wife that Hollywood is going to clean its act up and we're not going to make this sort of movie. And he pounded his fists um, with great uh, furor and, and righteousness. And um, 
and I just, it was heartbreaking. Uh, here I was associated with a great piece of literature and it wasn't getting off the ground and nobody would touch it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted that for City of Blows because it was something very familiar to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it just as a, man, I don't, I, I'm just always so amazed when I talk to someone who, who is in your, um, your business successful or not. And just like the ups and downs, I, I am amazed at how you can cope with that. I mean, you've been doing it a long time now. So um, I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm intrigued with maybe when you were younger getting into this, where um, y- you weren't as established, the the kind of the heartbreaks that come and go and things can change so quickly. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, I'm honestly not sure how long I would have lasted as an actor had Joel and Ethan Cohen not given me a brother where art thou mm-hmm. because that just changed everything for me. And I stopped having to go to auditions and just auditioning on its own day in and day out as something I was going to have to do in my fifties and sixties. I was looking out at that and saying, nah, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the fortitude to do it. And the, the self-confidence that, you know, it just might be too much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I so admire friends of mine who are wonderfully talented. I don't want to name any names, but, you know, back in New York, some of the most talented actors I know are still auditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're my age. And I I so admire that. And I don't know whether I would have had it in me. Um, And yeah, you know, you take a lot of hits and I continue, you know, everybody takes hits, even people that any listeners would consider the biggest movie stars. They, they also take hits. There's something everybody wants to do that they're denied being able to do it. So uh, that doesn't ever stop. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess you could always fall back on being a professor, right? Is that something you wanted to be uh, as a, as a younger man, you thought maybe, um, yeah, I did. I wanted to be a Latin professor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I I would have to go back and probably take some undergraduate courses at this stage <laughs> and then do a master's and a PhD to, to get to that level. Uh, my mind just isn't as supple uh, <laughs> as it was when I was 22 and I had a lot of Latin vocabulary in my brain and all the declensions and uh, conjugations and the subjunctive and all of it. Now I have to read with a pony translation helping me out. <laughs> I'll have to tell. So I'm a high school teacher, uh, U.S. history. I'll have to tell. We have a Latin teacher. Oh. Um, so I'll make sure she'll be thrilled <laughs> when I yeah. tell her. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I do want to mention the events that you have coming up. So the, the book comes out. We're recording this on February 6th. The book comes out um, the 7th. And you have a pretty cool event tomorrow night that book soup is um hosting on. yeah at zipper hall um you can you can um go on the book soup website and just click on i guess city of blows if if, if somebody wants to come uh and then there's a an event in tulsa oklahoma my hometown um i always like to go back there uh with anything i do um and that's on the 8th that's wednesday and then in new york city at the strand we have an event um, uh, 
so at, at Book Soup, I'm going to be in, in in a talk with Guillermo del Toro and um, at The Strand with the writer Will Chancellor on Friday night, a week from uh, 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 next, this coming Friday. Great. So that uh, Friday the 10th. The 10th. Great. Uh, and then in, in Tulsa, are you going to be reading from the book? Yes. Uh, in dis- okay, excellent. And that's with that's through Magic City Books, wonderful bookstore in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Great. So I'll put links. That's, to- I think that's going to be at Benayamuna Synagogue, funnily enough, that event. Great. Um, well, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about the book. I mean, um, I'm and I, I hate asking this because the book hasn't even come out officially yet, but uh, are you, would you like to write more novels? I mean, I would love to see, I know it's a, that's a so much work I'm sure you put into this, but I mean, I am a, I'm a fan of your, your novel and I would love to see more at some point down the road. Yeah. I'm already into a second one. I don't, I'm not sure when I'll finish it, but I'm well, it's going to turn into a novel. It's, it's, I've written enough of it to know that, that it's it's already long enough to be a novel um and uh yeah i i will finish that at some point probably in the next couple of years excellent um well yeah i don't i think that that kind of covers everything i wanted to chat with you i mean i feel like i can go on and on but i i'm i know i don't i know especially with book um you know book publishing week that you probably got a lot going on are you so you live in new york city and then are you, you're in Los Angeles right now? Yeah, I live in New York City. I'm here at my brother's house in Los Angeles. Uh, so the publisher didn't have to pay a hotel bill. <laughs> and I got to see my brother. Um, Great. And uh, But yes, uh, my wife and I live in New York City. We're raising our, where we raised three boys. The, the last one is, the, the youngest one is in high school. And uh, so he heads off next year to college. Wonderful. And then I think like when I, the last Marin interview, your, um, your older son, he's a, a jazz guitarist. That's right. Yeah. Henry. And he and I made a movie last, uh, last year, a year ago, we were a year ago today, we were in production. And so hopefully that movie will come out this year. Oh, excellent. And then that, that's so cool. I mean, I just was so touched by the story of him teaching you the the three chords for, uh, the film you were, you were working on. Um, cause you didn't, you know, you didn't know how to play guitar. So he was being patient with you, <laughs> teaching you. Hey, a... <laughs> I'm about to start a movie, which I sh- start shooting, uh, a week from tomorrow. Um, and the character in that plays a love song to his spouse. And my son wrote the song, Henry wrote the song and taught me to play it. So we continue in our, uh, in, in that vein. I love that. Uh, well, t- yeah, Tim, um, City of Blows, everybody is the book. I'll put links to, you know, where you can buy it from um, Book Soup, Magic City Books, and The Strand, and, you know, anywhere else. But uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, it was a it was an honor being able to have you on the show. And I love the book, and I'm going to tell everyone about it. And uh, I wish you the best with all the events you have this week. Thanks very much for your interest in the book. I really, that's great. A book like this will need that. (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. So I I know it's going to find its audience, but um, thanks again so much for your time. You bet. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Take care. Bye. 